Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning, everybody. This is Real Presence Live. An honor to be here with you this morning. My name is Steve Sponskowski, and I'm in studio this morning with Brad Gray. And uh, we're going to visit with you for the next couple hours, hopefully having an edifying conversation, talking about all things good, all things beautiful, all things true, in the unity of our Catholic faith. And so thank you for joining us this morning. Brad, how was your weekend? That was great. Had a wonderful weekend. You know, I was, it's so funny at the end of the weekend, you think, what did I do? Uh, but we actually did have uh, kind of a cool thing started up uh, this weekend. Well, we started this last week, but we're doing in the Diocese of Fargo, we're doing some uh, synod uh, listening sessions mm-hmm. where the bishop is going around with some of the staff, the diocesan staff, to just listen to what's on the minds and the hearts of people. What are the things that are going well in parishes, things that are um, that are challenges and, and how we might respond. And so we had one at Holy Cross uh, Church in West Fargo on Sunday, and that was was really cool. Yeah. Yeah, we had, that was, we had about a, just over, or just under 100 people at that one. And then on, was it Thursday? No, Tuesday, we had mm-hmm. our first one at Holy Spirit. Yeah. Just over uh, 70 people there. And we have another one tonight in Fargo at St. San Joachim starting at 6.30. So if you'd like to join us, the Bishop Folder will be there again. Uh, goes 6.30 to 9, maybe 9.30, depending on how many people we have, but an opportunity to come and share. You know, I think the great conversations are happening at the table. You know, as my mm-hmm. wife was at a couple of tables and some of the staff were at the tables and saying, you know, it's interesting to note how there are differences of opinion oh, for <laughs> sure. yeah. at the tables. Um, but to note how, you know, over the last couple of years with COVID, lots of social media conversations. And I don't know about you, but the social media conversations that I see just don't go well. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's you, you lose track of the humanity of the person that you're inter, interacting with and you know, exchanging with. And I think that was one thing that, as you were pointing out during the, the one on Sunday that it, it's so different when you're actually looking face to face with someone. You can have a difference of perspective, a difference of take, but there's there can be a much more cordiality. A much you know, there's there's a sense that there's someone worth respecting here, nonetheless. Yeah, or or, or I have to take responsibility for what I'm going to say right now because True. as they look right True. back at me, I might. You know, I might feel like I'm an idiot because of what I just said, <laughs> or I'm uncharitable because of yeah, what I just said. Right. And I think there's, that brings humanity back to the conversation. And so I, I'm just excited, and I know the bishop mentioned this too, that he just really is enjoying these conversations. Mm-hmm. Tim Olson was there. He said, I think I'm going to love these. You know, yeah. it's like, and I, that's kind of just that sense of getting together with people and having those conversations um, and having to engage at a charitable um, and ho- hopefully a holy level of conversation on very important topics. Absolutely, and I found it very edifying, actually. To, you know, we'll have conversations at the diocesan level about what we can do to help assist parishes and to help you know, spark the faith in, in the people within the diocese and so on. Uh, but we're, we're a relatively limited number of people. And to be able to tap into how the Holy Spirit is working in so many people, and and you know, Bishop mentioned it at both of them that he was just really struck by some of the comments, some of the the suggestions that were made there. It's like I never would have thought of that. Yeah, yeah. So if you uh, if you are free tonight uh, or make time, join us at Saint San Joachim, six thirty to nine or nine thirty or so for our listening sessions this evening. We'll start with the Adoration of the Blessed Sacrament. 
a little self-reflection, and then some conversation. Of course, we'll be doing these across the diocese. Next week, we'll be in Devil's Lake and Jamestown and Grand Forks, and we just continue the conversation around the diocese with Bishop Folda. So join us this evening. Uh, folks, before we get into our conversation, I would like to uh, start with a prayer. Um, and I want to start with a, a quote from St. Francis de Sales in Office of Readings this morning. But let's start in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of thy faithful, and kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. I hear a little quote from, from, uh, from St. Francis de Sales homily. Do not look forward in fear to the changes in life. Rather, look to them with full hope, that as they arise, God, whose very own you are, will lead you safely through all things. And when you cannot stand it, God will carry you in his arms. Do not fear what may happen tomorrow. The same understanding Father who cares for you today will take care of you then and every day. He will either shield you from suffering or will give you unfailing strength to bear it. Be at peace and put aside all anxious thoughts and imaginations. Dear Lord, we come before you today and we ask you to fill our hearts with that peace. We ask you to inspire us with your spirit so that we may do your work, know your will, and do it diligently. And we ask this through the intercession of Mary, our mother, as we pray together. Hail Mary, full, full of grace, grace, the Lord, Lord is with thee. thee. Blessed art thou among women, women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Steve. That was glorious. Well, St. Francis de Sales, yeah. he's often a great uh, uh, introduction to the devout life. Is a yeah. great book that he wrote. And every time I've read it, it's just like, whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah no doubt. <laughs> every nugget. So, well, folks, we're going to turn to our conversation now. Uh, we have Father Shane Stevens on the air with us this morning. Good morning, Father. Good morning. Good morning. Hello. How are things in Del Rapids, South Dakota? <laughs> Well, uh, cold at the moment. It's sunny, <laughs> thank God. Wait a minute. I was thinking it was going to be 70 or 80 down there. It's the way south, isn't it? <laughs> uh, we, the great state of North Dakota and South Dakota uh, share many things, uh, <laughs> culture and, and weather. <laughs> and if we think it's a little warmer because we're south, then if that makes us feel better, great. <laughs> yeah, even, even November 2nd, our, the foundation of our states, we, of course, were first. We're pretty certain of that. <laughs> well, that's good that's good certainty is a good thing yes. so uh, we're going to talk this morning about this campus renewal project you have called generations to generations but before we do that tell us a little bit about your own vocational call oh my goodness well i'll just give you the the real brief version i went to seminary out of high school and then uh then was out of seminary for a time working i ended up working in a retail store for a few years and living at home just trying to figure some things out. And then at one point I thought, well, maybe I should be a religious brother. And so then I joined a religious community and went, went out east uh, for about seven years and went to several missions to, to our place in India and came back and really felt ultimately called to be a diocesan priest. And I think that was always in my heart. That was always really my desire. But through a lot of twists and turns, through through discernment and, and frankly just difficulties in the church and formation, I kind of at one point thought, well, maybe I just don't have a vocation, and felt uh, pretty confident that heaven would be enough. <laughs> but I I still desired to be a priest, and so I came back, and then Bishop Carlson, who was our bishop at the time, 
said, yeah, come back. And I did another pastoral year in Sioux Falls, and that was a great experience. And then he was going to send me to Mount St. Mary's and then eventually decided to send me to Denver. And uh, that's where I where I finished and got to know some of the men from the Diocese of Fargo, good friends with them, <clears throat> and was ordained a priest in 2007. And then since then, I have served as a pastor in a variety of different places here in the Diocese of Sioux Falls. So that's a that's a real short version of it, but the the, 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 the truth is that even as a boy, I was attracted to the Mass and uh, mm. was gifted with... Uh, very joyful and happy priests, and um, were very probably very different than my, my my childhood pastor in terms of maybe ecclesiology and, mm. and liturgy and some of those things. But um, there was a great there was a great love there, and you felt loved and you felt cared for, and uh, there was a joy to serve mass and to be around them. And yeah, in high school we we had a program, and they still do it now. They take guys to visit the seminaries to to see what it's like and to have a weekend away. And I just remember thinking, uh, I want to be a part of this. Uh, you'd, you'd go to visit these seminaries. At the time, we went to IHM in Winona primarily. Now we also the seminary in St. Paul, uh, St. Thomas, or St. John Vianney, St. Thomas, and a lot of saints there. Anyway, yeah. and uh, in being with all these young men that were so joyful and uh, eager and normal. Uh, and so I, I just remember thinking, wow, I, I could do this. And we didn't have a, you know, we didn't have a lot of, uh, not that I'm aware of any priestly vocations in my family's history. And uh, way back when, there were some Sisters of St. Joseph down in Kansas, where my mom is from. But um, And my parents, you know, God bless them, they, I think they thought, well, he's happy. And that was kind of enough for them. They didn't push me one way or another. Uh, I'm an only son. I'm the first grandson and great grandson in our family still. So, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Well, thank yes. you, Father, for sharing your story. There's a lot of a lot of things you mentioned, and I think that we'll probably continue that that conversation as we talk about this generation renewal project. Because I, I would assume um, that your encounter with the Lord and and seeing this joyful love that. Is, is just normal and wanting to be a part of that is what inspires you to want to bring the faith to the generations. Talk to us a little bit about that. Well, certainly, I mean, I was so blessed to, my mom was such a, my mother is such a good faithful Catholic and we went mass every Sunday. It was just part of the life of our family. And, um, and I experienced something very powerful in, in the mass that uh, has touched my whole life. And now as a priest, even more. And I'm just uh, very much of the idea that the Church needs to take seriously, obviously seriously, the Great Commission. Mm-hmm. And Jesus doesn't just commend us or command us to to, to baptize all nations, but uh, to teach, right? And so this idea that this reality that the faith is not just merely uh, feelings, although there is an effective ad- ad- part of it, but that we need to know things about God. You know, if I say to someone, I know you, and I really don't, then how can I relate to you? And so it's so very, very important to me that these young people come to know uh, the reality of God. And we live in a time where, you know, soft atheism, sometimes even hard atheism, just the denial of God in, in, in society, in family life, working life, 
uh, you know, I'm just old enough. I'll be 50 this year. I'm just old enough to kind of live in a world where, you know, everybody went to church in my neighborhood. Everybody at least believed in God. If there was anybody who didn't believe in God or didn't at least accept some kind of baseline moral life, you just never heard of that. You never even experienced it. And now our kids, you know, our young people today and our young families, our young parents, you know, we've got, we got parents that are <clears throat> certainly younger than me bringing children into the world, and, and from every which way uh, there's confusion and pressure on them to kind of capitulate and give into the world. And many do, and they find that there's great sadness and, and defeat and all that. And then the Church is still here with the perennial teachings mm. of what God has given us. And, and then all of a sudden it's like it clicks. So I'm very, I'm very concerned about the generations to generations uh, being able to know the faith and to live it. That is simply uh, beautiful, Father. I mean, I think that is, that is the heart of every Christian, every, everyone that wants to know Jesus and wants others to know Jesus. It's just um, that, that, task, that perennial task of passing on the faith to every new generation. So um, we've only got a couple of minutes here before break, but could you kind of briefly tell us, like, what is the Generations to Generations project? What, what does that involve? Well, just real briefly, in 2017, when Father Landsberger was was the pastor before me, he started a task force here. And since 1910, St. Mary Parish in Del Rapids has had a school. So very early on in its history, we've had a school well over 100 years now. And we've had a series of buildings. They built a school in 1910. Uh, then they built a high school in 1957. And a convent, a huge convent across the street in 64. And then there's all three of these buildings has a K-12 school system, um, about 280 students. And when I got here two and a half years ago, one of the things that was on the plate was, what are we going to do? Are we going to replace these buildings? Uh, or are we going to maybe say, well, something's got to close? And just after a lot, a lot of meetings with a lot, a lot of folks, it came pretty clear to me that they wanted this mission to continue. So we see it as a renewal of the entire campus, mm. not just not just buildings, but to restore and renew the mission and purpose of what Catholic education can and should be. All right, we're gonna we have to step away for a break here, uh, Father Shane Stevens. We're talking with Father Shane Stevens about this generation to generation campus renewal project at St. Mary's in Del Rapids, South Dakota. We're going to continue this conversation on the other side of the break. So don't go away. Go away. We'll be right back. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Did you know you can listen to the RPR Network when you're on the go? Just search for Real Presence Radio in your app store. Listen live to any station across the network at any time, so you can stay connected to your local community from wherever you are. Plus, if you miss a program, the Real Presence Radio app is your one-stop shop for local and national podcasts, including our signature show, Real Presence Live. The Real Presence Radio app, with you every step of your faith journey. Download it today and see what you've been missing. 
Real Presence Radio is available on Google Assistant devices, including Google Home, phones, tablets, and smart displays. To start this action, say something like, Okay, Google, talk to Real Presence Radio. It will then ask what station you want to play, to which you can respond, play Sioux Falls, or play AM 970, or play WWEN. From there, you can use words like play, pause, and stop. Listen to RPR anytime, anywhere, on Google Assistant devices. This is Lavinia Spirito for Catholic Way Bible Study. Pope John XXIII called for a new Pentecost in our day. Just as the first Pentecost was the foundation for the first missionary impetus of the Church, so the new Pentecost is the foundation for the new evangelization, the renewed missionary effort of the body of Christ. In fact, the new evangelization cannot happen without a new Pentecost. But... To live a new Pentecost is to play with fire, because evangelization is about true salvation. It is not about the easy and cultural acceptable path of enrichment. Our God is a holy and awesome God who requires our holiness and trust. Only through life in the Holy Spirit can we model the kingdom and be true missionaries. Catholic Way Bible Study. Peace, power, purpose. Find out more at cwbs.org. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And good morning. Thank you for being with us. Steve Smolenskowski here along with Brad Gray. And uh, this is Real Presence Live. We've been visiting with Father Shane Stevens from Del Rapids, South Dakota, about a project at St. Mary's Parish there. Father shared a little bit of his vocation story on the other side of the break and talking about how his own experience of joyful Catholics and of his parents bringing him to Mass on a regular basis really uh, made him think, I want to be a part of this. And so after a journey... Um, he uh, is now a priest of the Diocese of Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and uh, he's part of a project called Generations to Generations, a campus renewal. Um, and uh, on the other side of the break, or before the break here, Father, you mentioned that it was kind of a something that we were doing a study and, and had a lot of buildings there from the past that had a Catholic school and a convent, and we're wondering, well, what should we do with the buildings? Should we you know, take the buildings down, or should we do a renewal project? And so they're doing these studies, and then you came on the scene. So tell us a little bit more about that. One of the things, thank you. I, one of the things I would just say is um, buildings, putting up buildings, raising the money and putting up buildings, that's, that's really the easy part mm. and, and it's in, in, in that sense. Uh, it's really what's the purpose of all of it. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I was just very, very clear to the folks in my prayer was that, that we needed to renew and to restore our purpose. And what is Catholic education, generally, for those who will be using the school? But we also have uh, a satellite of towns around Del Rapids that call this their parish home. They have their own schools, many of them, and so they use our faith formation program. So how can they be integrated into this renewal as well? Mm -hmm. And so all of those conversations had to take place. Some of them were... uh, tense, <laughs> as you can about imagine. There were some who did not want a historic building that had been around since 1910 to be taken down. Sure. Uh, and at some point that had to be decided, and, well, I decided. So we, we took it down. And 
And now, if you go look at the, the place, there's, there's a new building coming up. So buildings come and go. Uh, places come and go. Name places come and go. Uh, purpose, But, you know, the purpose, the mission is mm-hmm. what's most important. Um, and we're just, we're just, I'm just very, very convinced, and I think the majority of my families who do use the school, which is a beautiful thing, uh, so financially it's stable. We have a good number of families. Dale Rapids is growing. We're one of those lucky towns that happens to be in the part of the Midwest that's growing. We're close to Sioux Falls, but not too close. And so, you know, how do you keep this mission uh, alive and going? One that had been started so amazingly by the Presentation Sisters. I mean, at one point there were 12 sisters here living in the school, Hmm. uh, boarding students and living in the attic. I mean, it's just an amazing story of faith and tenacity uh, of these people here. But ultimately, what motivates them, uh, even though imperfect, and that's true for all of us, um, is this desire that Christ be known, that Our Lady be honored, and that the saints be friends. And that can all happen in the context of a Catholic school. And so it's, it, there's a tension there between, okay, we have this Catholic school and this mission and this purpose, but we also have other families who don't, don't use it. So how do we keep, how do we keep all this uh, together uh, and keep it moving forward? It's quite a task, but uh, it's, it's worth it for sure. So uh, tell us a little bit about the project, the details. Is it, is it a renewal of the buildings, but also a renewal of this mission? So specifically, what are some of the things that you're doing as a part of the renewal of the mission? Sure. So just little things. Uh, to st- I, a couple things I would just say. One, sometimes you can't do both really at the same time mm-hmm. well. And so what's clear to me is that, that the campus needs to be renewed, the buildings need to be restored and mm-hmm. updated and changed and replaced, and that's all happening, so that what happens in those buildings uh, as we go forward is going to be more faithful. But things like when I meet with the faculty and staff, I'm also the superintendent. Don't ask me how that happened. <laughs> you looked at my, my, you looked at my grades at high school, you'd be like, how could he be a superintendent of the school system? Are you kidding me? But... You know, things like me, so, for example, we had last year and again this year a whole series of formation and catechesis with the faculty and staff. Um, one was on the, on the Eucharist. Uh, one is on the Church. We did a series on, on Catholic understanding of uh, mental health and, and care issues. You know, try, we have to remember that historically these schools were run by sisters, they were well-grounded, well-formed in their faith. That was that, and then came the academic uh, pursuit. Uh, but with the laity, the lay faithful taking over these, these schools, especially in the late 60s, 70s, and 80s, and on, uh, many of these people have a very good academic mind, uh, but they may be weak in terms of their faith and mm-hmm. in their growth and understanding of the faith. And so that's where the church, especially her pastors, have to come in and supplement that. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you know, they get amazing educations at some of these state universities and schools, but they're also secular, they're secular humanists, sometimes even anti-Catholic. Um, and, you know, our friend John Dewey and his whole understanding of public education uh, really shines through. So how do you draw these lay faithful into to this mission, into this apostolate, uh, and, and help form them uh, to be intentional in their discipleship, first and foremost, and then focus on math, science, 
whatever it is that they're focusing on. Mm. So it, it's a, it, it, you can't eat the whole, you can't eat the elephant all at once. Right. You just got to be programmatic about it and say, okay, what's most at crisis right now is buildings. I have families with children who want to use this school, and I have no place to put them. Mm. I have buildings that. I wouldn't probably put my dog in. I don't have a dog. But, you know, people used to say to me, Father, you're worried about COVID. When I got here, COVID was still a thing. And I said, no, I'm not really worried about COVID. I'm worried about the lead and the asbestos in these buildings. <laughs> you know, we've got, to, we've got to figure that out. So every mission, even biblically, is practical. There's practical stuff that has to be worked out. And God allows us to work that stuff out. He didn't command us to build buildings mm-hmm. for schools. But he lets our intelligence and our ability to to receive a mission and to receive a purpose, and then okay, let's let's do it this way. So we have a long record, long history at this parish of of educating people uh, in the faith. And you know, to be honest, if we look back, has it been always been successful? Probably not. We probably lurched into into more of a focus on the academics and activities. And we probably got weak in, a, in the faith component. Hmm. And so that, for me, as, as a pastor, is what's most concerning. You know, listen, my kids will be well-educated. They're going to have an amazing opportunity in activities and athletics. But at the end of the day, when they pass through, you know, graduation, and I hand them their diploma, and if they don't know the Lord, and they don't know their faith, and they don't have that reservoir uh, of deep relationship with Christ, and then they're going to go into you know state universities, colleges, or work environment. We're going to lose them. Yeah. You know, we can't. This is not magic, folks. This is hard work, and it's got to be intentional. Yeah, I, I'm so reminded, just sending someone. Go ahead. Sorry, Father. I was just going to say, I'm reminded as you're talking about the story of Saint Francis, right? About how you know God commands him to go and build build his church, and he mistakenly interprets that as as rebuilding this physical building, and God lets him mm-hmm. do that. It's like, you know, right. God wanted that sort of first step because there it does seem like there's there's an energy that is generated by by that freshness too, but that provides an opening for that deeper rebuilding of the church, that that formation in the spiritual that uh, they they do work together. It's kind of the human and the divine, right? And so it, it just seems like there's a lot of uh, a lot of resonance there in in the way that you're approaching this along with kind of how the, the church has historically looked at uh, such endeavors, you know? Well, my mother would be so happy. Her birthday is October 4th, ah. the Feast of St. Francis. <laughs> I have never even come close to such goodness, but I'll try. <laughs> well, I think it's, a, as you were mentioning, Father, too, kind of the, the history of the Presentation Sisters coming and teaching there. And, and the first part of that is that they gave everything to the Lord, mm-hmm. right? They made a vow to the Lord of giving their lives absolutely to the Lord. Um, and, and going back to St. Francis, right? What did he do? He gave everything to the Lord, and look what the Lord did with that. And we as laity, right, we are also called to give everything to the Lord. Um, and it might look a little different because we do have to, you know, provide for our wife and our children mm-hmm. and our families, but we can still give everything to the Lord. And I know in this project, um, the people there have been very generous. Talk to us a little bit about the need to give everything to the Lord, but also how he is so generous back with us. Well, my goodness, when we got when I first looked at the numbers, we were looking at about a $9 million project. Mm. Now, I've, I mean, you, you, I don't know if I have $9,000 in my savings account, but <laughs> $9 million. So I'm thinking to myself, holy moly, that's a lot of money. Um, and so 
as time went on and as we developed it more, uh, then we, you know, there was all of the same issues that everybody else is dealing with, uh, the costs of things, supplies, supply chain issues, inflation. Uh, we ended up having to take down part of the current high school because the foundation would not hold the new building, being able to connect it. And that was about an extra $2 million. So by the time it was all done, uh, we're just just south of $12 million mm. uh, to, to, to raise. And in our diocese, we have a policy that we have to raise 50% in cash up front. Uh, so that was, I thought, how are we going to do this? Are we going to be able to do this? Because every month that we didn't raise it just pushed, you know, our beginning date uh, further down. But I'm happy to tell you that, I mean, as of this morning, we're just about closing in on $7 million in cash. Wow. And so we were able to secure a line of credit through the Diocese of Sioux Falls to, to, continue, to, to see the project continue. And we're just going to keep raising money as we go forward. And certainly as the, as the foundation is being poured and built as we speak, even in these cold, awful conditions, it's amazing what technology can do. Um, we just keep raising money and we just keep asking folks to be generous. But I always tell them, I said, you got to be generous times two. You've got to keep supporting the parish. You can't, mm-hmm. you can't stop supporting the parish. got to tithe, be good stewards of the, of the parish, because those, those budgets don't disappear, plus, plus help with, with, the found, with the Generations to Generations campaign. And they're doing it. And I will just say this, that the vast majority of gifts are uh, a series of small gifts that have really added up. And we've had some very generous big hitters, and we're grateful for that. But what really inspires me is how many families and alumni and friends all over who are sending small gifts of you know, three thousand or five thousand dollars, which again sounds like a lot of money to me, and we're we're able to to, to push the project forward. So it's mm. it's a great great grace. Awesome. See. Well, Father, we thank you for being on with us. If, if, yes. if people want to learn more about this project, do you have a website, a parish website that people can check out? You can just, uh, it's, uh, oh my goodness, I, now I don't even know my own website. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, St. Mary's in, in Del Rapids, South Dakota. Just Google that, you'll find it. Make sure it's Del Rapids, South Dakota. Don't give to that parish in Sioux Falls. That St. Mary's in Sioux Falls or Everdeen. They got plenty. <laughs> just, send it, just send it to Del Rapids in Del Rapids, South Dakota. <laughs> awesome. Love or it. stop by as you're, as you're driving through down there. A nice, uh, probably a oh, nice uh, yeah, place to stop to visit and, and say hi to Father uh, Shane Stevens there, who's uh, doing great work. So, Father, thank you for sharing with us and, and uh, inspiring and uh, inspiring story and uh, know of our prayers for your work there. Mm-hmm. Well, God bless you, and, and thank you for the kindness of, of asking about us. I don't know how you found <laughs> found out about us, but uh, if you're ever in town, you're always most welcome, and so is anybody else. And awesome. uh, the prayers are most welcome, of course. Absolutely. All right. Father Shane Stevens in Del Rapids, South Dakota. St. Mary's, stop by and say hi when you get a chance. Folks, we're going to step away for a break, but on the other side of the break, we're going to talk with Dr. Kevin Vost on the Aquinas Lenten Meditations. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 